You're listening to Consider This, episode 302, for the 29th of September, 2020. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever, wherever, and whoever you are. If politics is a three-ring circus, then I'm sitting in the front row to give you my thoughts on what the clowns are doing. This is the award-winning podcast, Consider This, and I'm Doug Payton, with my conservative commentary in 10 minutes or less. If you want to get in on the action, ride your elephant over to considerthis.ctpodcasting.com slash feedback. I do email, I do phone, I do social media, and I even do the handy-dandy form right on that page. So many ways to get in touch, so try one out. That's CT as in Circus Tent. So last episode, I mentioned that I had some story ideas from listeners who had emailed me, but I read an article that I just had to cover, and those listener ideas would have to wait until this episode. Well, here we are, and I'm going to have to bump them out again. This time, blame 2020 for yet another twist. The opportunity for Donald Trump to nominate a third justice to the Supreme Court. That's the topic today, so here we go. On the evening of September 18, 2020, Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg died at the age of 87 from complications from pancreatic cancer. It's been something of a long road for the family, I imagine. She's had it for a while, so this was not unexpected. My prayers are with the family. Years ago, I asked my dad how he felt after his dad died. He said that everyone knew he had health issues for quite some time, so when he did die, it wasn't unexpected, but it was still emotional. It still hurt, so I imagine that's how the Ginsburg family feels. Outside of her loss from a human perspective, the loss of her from a career position is going to turn D.C. even more on its head than it already is. Now, it shouldn't, because if justices do their job as intended, they merely settle disputes on how existing law, as written by the legislature, should be applied in specific cases. What we have instead are litmus tests and activist judges. When RBG was confirmed, the Senate voted 97-3 to for her. This was back when, supposedly, the only thought was whether he or she was a well-qualified judge. The question was not whether she would rule the way one party or another wanted her. But with the Ginsburg nomination and others, that was the game. Republicans held to the well-qualified standard as they did with RBG, But even before her confirmation, and ever since, Democrats have had one question. Will you rule the way we want you to? The game was exposed when Judge Robert Bork was destroyed by Democrats because they didn't want him to rule against their wishes. Their decision was based on power, not fairness or competence. Liberal justices can be activists. They can rule based on what they want the law to be, but a conservative justice may not according to the Democrats, because it gets in the way of their power grab. What they can't get passed in the legislature, they just punt to the courts, and all the liberal bloc of justices can be reliably counted on to vote together, much more than the conservatives. The conservative justices are more likely to actually have diverse opinions on how the law should be applied, 
And that's how the liberals got their power. Vote in lockstep and hope for one conservative to waver. Republicans have since had to get into that mud pit created by Democrats in order to get their nominees through, and now the votes are reliably along party lines with crossovers consisting mostly of senators who are in purple states. All this because the Supreme Court is now a super legislature, and one vote here or there can change the meaning of a law, or just the meaning of a word or two, rather than doing this through our elected representatives. Anyone who cheers the misuse of the courts in this way is cheering against representative government. If later they claim to be for one person, one vote, remind them of their love of one vote on the Supreme Court rather than in Congress, and then ask them to choose which side they want to be on. Otherwise, there's just a walking, talking oxymoron. I would not want to be in the place of Amy Coney Barrett. Trump's pick for Ginsburg's replacement. The mud that she'll be dragged through by desperate Democrats is going to be awful. Although, they might back off just a bit in order not to create more Trump voters. This is Eric Erickson. You're listening to the 10 Minute or Less Conservative Podcast. Consider this. This particular situation seems analogous to the death of Justice Scalia in the waning days of the Obama presidency. At that time, the majority Republican Senate rejected Merrick Garland as a nominee by not bringing a vote to the floor. Democrats today are claiming that Mitch McConnell is being hypocritical because now he will move forward with Trump's nominee in the waning days of his term. They claim the so-called McConnell rule is not being followed by the guy who created it. Well, no. There's a link in the show notes that shows what McConnell actually said. In short, he made it very clear that when the government is divided, that is, the Senate and the presidency are controlled by different parties, and a seat on the Supreme Court opens up at this late date, then the Senate can if they want to, leave the seat open until after the election. He actually reiterated this point two more times in that speech to be perfectly clear what to anyone who was giving him a fair hearing, that is. So no, they're misquoting him to create a charge of hypocrisy. Then later this week, three Democrats in the House will introduce a bill to set term limits on Supreme Court justices. Yeah... I'm sure the timing is totally coincidental. The bill would limit the terms of justices to 18 years. It would be staggered so that each president would be able to nominate two justices per four-year term. California U.S. Representative Ro Khanna, who will introduce this, said that, quote, It would save the country a lot of agony and help lower the temperature over fights for the court that go to the fault lines of cultural issues and is one of the primary things tearing at our social fabric. Close quote. Dude, it will only save the country agony if your compatriots in the Senate will quit with the uncorroborated accusations and the presumptions of guilt. That's all it would take. (laughs) If not, then going through this twice every four years would be even more painful. One of the reasons that Democrats are yelling so much about this vacancy is because of a rule they created as another power grab. In 2013, they changed the rule that required 60 Senate votes, a supermajority, 
to just a simple majority, 51 votes. At the time, Republicans went to the floor one after the other, including Mitch McConnell, to caution that they'd be sorry someday for doing this. Well, today is that someday, and the chickens have come home to roost. They're reaping what they sowed, and about eight other cliches. So now they want to change the rules and limit terms, and insist on following a rule that they misquoted. You know, it's interesting. To Democrats, the Constitution is a living document to be reinterpreted as they see fit. But apparently, the alleged McConnell rule came down from on high and may not be altered. Funny how that works. So now that you've heard my ruling, what's yours? How do you think this confirmation will play out? Do you think Trump should get this SCOTUS pick or not? And what's the plural of SCOTUS? SCOTI? Well, whatever you have to say, say it here. Call me at 267-CALL-CT0 or write me at considerthis at ctpodcasting.com and get a conversation going on the Facebook group with other listeners like you and unlike you. Well, by the next episode, we will know who the judges for the 2020 Podcast Awards have declared the winner in the politics and news category. As for me, I'm hoping they choose Consider This.